Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hi, and welcome to Ready to Thrive. We're in a series called Let's Go. And in this series, I'm hoping we can take actionable steps to move towards thriving in our lives. That we would be able to see areas in our life where we may be stuck, whether it is in mindsets or things that are holding us back. We are focusing on Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, which talks about throwing off all that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles in order to run our race. We want to be throwing off those weights that are keeping us stuck. And I think one of the things that we may be held back by are the words that are coming out of our mouth. I'm going to throw out a few verses for you, and then I want to unpack a few stories. So first off, let's go to Genesis 1-3, right at the very beginning of the Bible. It says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. The word for said is the Hebrew word amar, which means to say, to speak, to utter. So God spoke light into being. Later on, we read in verse five, it says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. The Hebrew word for called here is kara, which means to call, to proclaim. God could have chosen any way he wanted to create and name the world, but he used speech. I think even though we know that, we really have to take a second and think about it. God spoke and proclaimed what wasn't into what was. And in my own life, what am I proclaiming with my words? No, I'm not God, but I am created in his image and he has made me creative and I am able to create with my hands, but I am also creating my life with my words. Words are powerful. Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I want the fruit of life, not death. Now, if you don't already find this mildly stressful, I want to throw one more verse at you from Matthew 12.36. Jesus is speaking, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, you can be sure of this. When the day of judgment comes, everyone will be held accountable for every careless word he has spoken. Now, I'm not saying all of this to drive you into a panic, but to realize for many of us, we haven't really thought a lot about what is coming out of our mouths. I know this was the case for me for most of my life. I really like to be funny, and I think for a long time, I found my humor in self-deprecation. I would say things about myself in a funny way, but really... It was a way that spoke death over myself. I often found myself texting my husband after something frustrating would happen with the kids. I would text FML, and I'm trusting you know what that means. I didn't think anything of it, only that it was sort of funny. But one day, Brendan said to me, do you really want to speak that over yourself? I was like, wow, he is really being way too serious here. But then I thought about it. No, I don't want to speak that over my life. 
and I began to just really start to pay attention to the words I was saying over myself and over those around me. I'd been prone to say, I'm an idiot when I did something I didn't want to. And I had this bad habit of saying to one of my kids, what's wrong with you? I'm embarrassed and horrified that that's what came out of my mouth, but it was like one of those reflexes where something comes out and you don't know where it came from and you don't know how to stop it. And I think that is the challenge a lot of us face with our words. There are some words like FML that I could just stop saying over myself. I decided, no, I won't say that anymore. I'm going to speak life over myself. But other things just seem to sort of come out of me without thinking. And I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Someone makes you angry and you just say words you have no idea were in there. And you say them and they might feel good in the moment, but very quickly after that, you can feel a lot of guilt and shame for the reckless words you spoke. And I think we can get stuck in the cycle of saying things we don't want to say, but we don't know how to change because trying harder doesn't really work. We can learn to speak life and speak with intention, but when we're speaking out of emotion, words just seem to fly and can feel so out of control. And this can feel really hopeless. Why do I say things I don't want to say? How can I change? But I want to give you some hope when it comes to words. Words can change, but we have to go to their source. And the source is not our tongue, which is a good thing because James 3 talks about how the power of the tongue and how it's so impossible to tame. But the source of our words is our heart. And in many ways, that's what this entire series is about. And what I have found to be true is that when we deal with what is going on in the heart, then we see the fruit come out through our tongue. Matthew 12, 34 says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And in the Passion Translation, it is worded, For what has been stored up in your heart will be heard in the overflow of your words. So if we want to deal with the words coming out of our mouths, we have to deal with what is going on in our hearts. And if you don't know what's going on in your heart, pay attention to your words. Do you speak words of fear? Do you speak words of judgment? Do you speak words of pride? Do you find yourself unable to stop complaining? When I find myself talking to someone and not really liking what's coming out of my mouth, I know I have some work to do. And by work, I mean, I need to spend time with the one who is able to deal with the junk in my heart. For me, complaining and negativity have been an issue. I found myself last spring beginning to complain about our spring break plans. We live in the Pacific Northwest and the weather can be incredibly gray for most of our winter. And by March, I am just over it. My body is craving sunshine and warmth. But as spring break was approaching and I was checking out the weather app, I noticed that our destination was going to be really cold and rainy. But back home, it was supposed to be record-breaking sunshine and warmth. So I began to feel sorry for myself. Self-pity has also been a habit that I've had to learn to throw off. And one afternoon as I was going for a walk, I ran into some neighbors and we were discussing spring break plans. I felt like I was word vomiting all over them about how, yeah, someone has lent us their timeshare so we're able to get away, but it's going to be cold and rainy. And I tried to sort of awkwardly make it upbeat, but I couldn't hide what was going on in my heart. 
And as I walked away from that conversation, I genuinely felt gross, like I had actually vomited on them. Sorry for the crude analogy, but that's how I felt. And as I was heading on a walk through the woods near my home, it was the perfect time to just deal with the junk in my heart. I poured out my heart to God and confessed my self-pity. I confessed that I'd been feeling ungrateful. I knew I should just be thankful we were able to get away at all. I laid down all of the things I'd been feeling, confessed it all, and let him take it away. And that is the process of dealing with the junk in our hearts. God isn't wanting us to clean up our act and then come to him. He knows the junk that's in there. He just wants us to give it all over to him so he can deal with it. And I have done this many times. Anytime I'm aware of anything off in my heart, I just give it to him. I open my hands, I lay it down, and he takes it away. I ask that he would take the junk away from my heart and replace it with his love and his peace. And I practice thankfulness. I'm allowing him to get my heart back in a good place, something I cannot do on my own. As I walked home that day, my heart was full. I didn't have to drum up good words or a good attitude. A tiny spark of hope began to grow in that moment, and I actually began to get excited about our trip. Now, maybe you think this is a silly example, but I wanted to use it because often we try on our own to change our words, but the tone is there. As I ran into my neighbors that day, I was trying to be positive, positive with my words, but the tone said, I'm really feeling negative about this. And I want to be clear because complaining and negativity are two ways in which I've really struggled in the past. And it doesn't mean you can't still say things are hard. I don't think it's healthy to just try and pretend something we're walking through in life isn't challenging. But there is a difference between saying something is challenging and complaining about it. I don't think God is upset when we share with him or with others that things we are experiencing are hard. But I do think he wants us to go to him with it, to be real with others and with him about what we are walking through. Holding it all inside or trying to just speak better isn't the point. The point is to cry out to him in our weakness and allow him to do the changing. I've got one more complaining story for you. Two summers ago, I was a week or so away from packing up my family and heading to a summer camp for a month. My husband would be working there as he did every summer as part of his ministry job. The place is amazing and really is more of a resort for teenagers than a classic summer camp. And although we were going to, there were going to be some incredible perks for us to take our family there with him while he worked, all my brain could focus on were the negative aspects, the challenges that an introvert faces when living in community with hundreds of others. So a week or so out from this trip, I had a friend ask me, are you excited? I responded to her, no, and here's why. And I proceeded to give her my pre-rehearsed spiel as to why it was going to be so challenging for me. I had created this way of explaining to others how difficult it would be. It was funny and painted a pretty clear picture about what we would be doing. But as I drove away, I began to feel a bit heavy. What I didn't realize then, but what I realize now, is that even though my shtick was funny, I was essentially speaking death over myself. I was proclaiming just how terrible my life was going to be, just how hard it was going to be, and there was nothing I could do to change it. I was putting myself into the place of a helpless victim, 
I knew I had to change how I was speaking over myself. A few days later, I was with another friend who asked me the same question. And then without even thinking about it, I began my spiel. But this time, partway through, I realized what I was doing. I stopped talking and asked his friend to ask me the question again. He looked at me like I was a little crazy, which, fair enough, and I began to answer from the beginning. I made a shift as I responded. Instead of complaining, I was able to tell him that, yes, this would be challenging. This would be challenging in a few ways for me and for my family, but there were things I could actually do to make it easier on myself. I went from sharing from the place of hopeless victim, hopeless in my circumstances that life was happening to me, to sharing from a place of hope. Yes, there would be challenges, but there were things I could do. I actually could do a few things to make this time easier and more enjoyable. As the time to go to camp grew closer, I actually became excited to go, which for me was a miracle. You see, I realized in that conversation, if I want to change, I have to actually change. Complaining was also a habit. And I have God living inside of me, and he gives me self-control. But I have to be willing to let go of my rights to complain and how good it felt. Sometimes we have habits because we haven't really thought about how we can change them. And sometimes it just feels good. And complaining to me felt good. It was a way to get people to feel sorry for me, that my life was hard. And I have no idea why I'd want that. But you know what it did? It kept me stuck. Complaining put me in a path of self-pity, which put me in a place of helplessness and hopelessness. And it kept me stuck. When I cut it out, I was able to see more clearly who I was and what I could control and change. In the case of my time at camp, there was a lot I could do to make the experience easier for myself, but I had to break that cycle of complaining. My hope in this episode is you see how both, one, we partner with God to change our hearts, and that changes our words, and two, if we want to change, we actually have to change. And if you felt that twinge in your heart of conviction, I want to say, I'm sorry, but it's actually a good thing. If the Holy Spirit highlights something to you, don't cover it up with guilt or shame. That's what the enemy wants from you. But press in, lean into God and say, hey, what is this all about? What do you want me to give over to you? There is zero finger pointing here. I have said awful things to both my spouse and my kids, things I wish I could take back. And when I do say things I regret, because I am human and I still say things I don't want to, I apologize, and then I have to move on. If I allow myself to wallow in shame, then I am stuck there. Shame is quicksand. So I ask whoever I have harmed with my words for forgiveness, even if that person I have harmed is myself. And I go to God and ask if there's anything else that needs to be dealt with in my heart. And then I move on. And I hope this episode gives you a bit of hope. You may be feeling discouraged thinking back to words you've spoken. My intention is always to give you hope. As I have walked this out in my own life, the process, the process hasn't always been easy. But as I sit with him and he scrapes away the junk in my heart, he makes room for good things to be able to grow there. My goal is never to condemn and neither is Jesus' goal. We may feel conviction 
And that is good because it just tells us what to bring to God for him to deal with. But condemnation never comes from him. If we hear words about how awful we are or that produce shame, that is not God speaking to our hearts. He wants to uproot things that are not producing life in our hearts and in our mouths. So this week, I just want to tell you to sit with him. Just say, hey, God, search me. What is going on in my heart? And when he tells you, just partner with him. He comes in and he takes the junk away so we can live freely and lightly. I'm hoping to have a list on my website of scriptural affirmations. There are declarations you can begin to say over yourself. Say them out loud. Declare with your words who you are and declare them over your kids. There is power in the tongue. So let's be intentional with that power. Have a great week, and I hope you have moved one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.